Welcome to the Foundations Church Podcast, where we exist to make Jesus famous. We hope this message is life-giving, encouraging, and challenges you in your walk with Christ. we haven't done in a while is to check in on Facebook this morning and uh, share posts that we put on Facebook because here's the awesome thing. Some of you are like, does it really work? It really works, actually. Um, and we've had a lot of people that have been to pizza with the pastors or been coming. I'm like, how'd you hear about us? Oh, Facebook. I saw it on this person's page. I saw this. I saw that. And so it's just a super, super easy way um, for you to let people know, man, I'd love for you to come to church with me. And we try to make stuff that you actually want to share um, on your Facebook page. And so if you would do that, that would be fantastic. Um, we believe saved people should serve people um, at Foundation Shirts. That saved people serve people. And uh, a couple of opportunities we have for you is this, is if you would like to be a part of feeding the hungry, we always want to get a part about like being, uh, being there to help people in the time of need. We have a ministry here called Project Hunger that goes right into our front yard, right in this neighborhood. Uh, there's some need in this neighborhood that is happening that we just, man, we want to be a part of making a difference. In fact, I didn't share this this morning, but I met a friend this morning um, that was just sitting outside the church. His name was Josh, I believe. And when I came in, he just didn't look like he was doing too great. And I said, hey, man, what's going on? And I think he thought I was, I scared him at first. Um, and he was like, oh, I'm just thirsty. I'm like, well, let's get you some water and brought him in. And um, he threw a bunch of F-bombs down the road um, talking. I was like, all right, that's cool. Let's do this. And um, I, I didn't say him back. It made it sound like, oh, let's do this. Um, but um, we were, we just talked and man, I just, I wasn't planning on it. But I remember what one of our speakers, Robbie McClure, said, your interruptions are your ministry. And I just talked to him, and I gave this guy a couple of bottles of water, gave him some grapes in the refrigerator. And can I tell you, he was crying um, just because somebody cared. Somebody took time out of their day to be there in a real tangible way. And can I tell you, that's what we're called to do, church. We're called to be people that are there in a real tangible way to meet a felt need. And so if you want to get involved in that, that would be amazing. You can sign up in our Connect Center to get involved with our Project Hunger Ministry. But also there's another opportunity, um, our, our uh, Lunch Buddy program. We team up with Key Elementary to mentor elementary students. There is a school that is asking us to come and spend time with elementary students. Let me repeat that. There is a elementary school that is asking us to come and spend time with their students. And if they ask you about Jesus, you can talk about Jesus. You can lead them into a center. I mean, you can't get up there and like start preaching. Now, children, listen to me as you are in the cafeteria. But 
Um, there's just, a, we, we talk about, oh, I just wish there were more available doors. I wish our schools were more open to hearing the gospel. We have an open school. We have hundreds of kids on a waiting list waiting for adults to be a mentor, a lunch buddy, to take an hour out of your week, your lunch period, to spend with a kid that doesn't have that adult in their life that is just a great example and a mentor. And so if you want to get involved with that, I'm, I'm telling you, we, we talk about, you know, we read the verse, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. We have a plentiful harvest right here. Let's reach the ends of the earth, but let's not neglect our own backyard and front yard at the same time. And um, there's just some opportunities. You can get signed up for both of those ministries in the Connect Center. It's the bright green room on the left side of the lobby, um, and we will get that information to you so um, and get you signed up and equipped. Today, we are in our series called Asking for a Friend. And we are going to have a lot of fun today um, because today I'm speaking on marijuana. And uh, if you didn't get your brownie when you came in, we will give you, I'm just playing. Um, but the, uh, as we get ready to go into this, there's, there's several questions. And I'm going to ask your help for this next week um, to submit your best asking for a friend questions that you've seen or you've asked um, that you know you wouldn't ask. But send them my way. Um, you can send them to my email, Justin at Foundation Church. You can tag me on Facebook, whatever you want to do. Um, and I want to make some from you guys. But here are some of the best ones I saw this past week uh, for asking for a friend. Does anyone know if it's difficult to catch, raise, and weaponize a pet mongoose asking for a friend? Um, is it still okay to say cool beans asking for a friend? Does anyone know if Rosetta Stone makes a version for successfully talking to women, asking <laughs> for a friend? I will do a marriage series in a little while. Um, and how do you lose 10 pounds without cutting out Mexican food? <laughs> asking for a friend. Um, and so there, there's questions that come in that we don't want to ask, that we think we should know the answer to, right? Um, but that's just not how life always is. And so the number one asked question in this series was all about marijuana. Um, yeah, I was like, I've, I've told so many people that. In fact, I told uh, one of the guys, Chloe's playing a basketball game, one of the parents, he's like, so what are you preaching on tomorrow, preacher? I go, marijuana. And he was like, what? <laughs> He's like, how are you going to preach on that? I go, I'm not. I'm just handing out brownies. He's like, ah. He's like, it's great. Um, so uh, today, if you, um, th this, this is actually a pretty big topic in our world right now. Let's, let's be honest. Um, and if it's not a big topic to you, it's a big topic to your kids or it's a big topic to your grandkids. And so we need to know what's going on. Um, as a church, we need to know what does the Bible say about this. And as we get ready to start, um, I, I'm, I'm going to, just be real up front with you. I'm not a doctor. Shocker, I know. Even though I would like to call myself Dr. J, um, <laughs> I am not a doctor. And so I'm not going to try to answer this from a medicinal side, from a medical side, from the, from the, the benefits of that. that. That's not where I'm coming at uh, this from. And, and this sermon is actually going to be a lot bigger than just talking about marijuana. Um, because I want to talk about the mindset behind the questions that were coming in. And so before we get going, there is no Bible verse that says, marijuana, thou shalt not smoke weed. Um, there's a lot of different uh, names for pot, which I get confused on. Um, there's the name pot that a lot of you know, marijuana. There is weed, grass, blaze, uh, reefer. Um, 
And this is my favorite one that I found this week, um, Urban Dictionary sometime, awesome. Stinkweed, I've never heard of stinkweed. I was like, well, yeah, stinkweed. Um, but, so, so if you're gonna ask me, hey, is it, I, I, I'm gonna answer this as your pastor, okay? I'm gonna ask, answer this from, from your spiritual health, okay? Because that's what you ask. What does the Bible say? What does my pastor think about these issues? Is it okay to smoke marijuana, I would tell you no. And the reason is, is because if you are needing something to escape your reality, you need to stop being concerned about escaping your reality, and you need to work on your reality. Um, there, there's a, something bigger going on there. But also the other side of it from just a very kind of duh point is that it's also illegal in the state of Oklahoma. Well, what about if I'm in Colorado? What if, what if I'm here? What if, you know, where it is legal, where it is okay, and, and some of you, you're like, okay, you said no, it's not okay to smoke marijuana, um, and, and some of you, man, you've already got your arguments locked and loaded, and so I hope that you would hear my heart. Um, I, I'm not a pothead. I've never smoked marijuana. Um, somebody had to tell me, oh, do you smell that? And I'm like, I smell everything. You see this thing? Um, <laughs> and they said, they said, that's marijuana. I was like, oh, that's what that smells like. I, I haven't been around it, so I, I'm not... I, you have your argument locked and loaded. All I would ask you is to keep an open mind and an open heart. Okay, that, that's all, because I'm not trying to keep you from anything. Um, I want everything for you this morning. And so some of you, you've got your answers locked and loaded. Parents are like, you're just gonna say, no, don't smoke it. Come on, Justin, there's gotta be, <laughs> come down harder with it. Um, but but here's, here's where we come to is that, well, Justin, the question was posed this, that we're answering today, is it okay if it is legal? Is it okay if it's legal? If the government says it's okay, is it okay? If society says it's okay, is it okay? And here's what I want to talk about is the mindset behind this, the attitude behind this, because where we are coming, and there's this dangerous trend and attitude in the church that it's all about what I can get away with, right? Right? What, what, what's the minimum I can do and still make heaven as my home? And so it, the question was, if, if it's legal, is it okay? 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 12 out of the message says this. Just because something is technically legal doesn't mean that it's spiritually appropriate. If I went around doing whatever I thought I could get away with or get by with, I'd be a slave to my whims. We can close our Bibles, shut the door. Um, but when I found this, I was like, yes! Um, in case it's like, what? It's like, I just found a great Bible verse. Um, I, just because something is technically legal doesn't mean that it is spiritually appropriate. And we've got to come back to this place as a church. We've got to come back to this place as followers of Christ. Is, is this spiritually appropriate for me to do? The New Living Translation says, I must not become a slave to anything. And here's what's happening. is that If the culture says it's good, if the government says it's good, then we're going to go after it. We're going to say, well, well, everybody else says it's okay and it's legal, but you're called to a higher standard than that as a follower of Christ. As, as a follower of Christ, your standard is not culture. Your standard is not what is illegal. Your standard is what is spiritually appropriate. And, and, and 
for us that we're living this whole life of pursuing Christ and this life of following Jesus and Christianity, well, I, I gotta tell you, it's our first point, is that this whole relationship with Jesus and, and living this life about pursuing Jesus is not about what you can get away with. It, it's not. And somewhere and somehow and some way, we've gotten to this place where we're just like, well, but, 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 but it's, it's legal, but it's not appropriate. But it's, it, it's, they're saying it's okay, but it's not appropriate. And some of us want to say, well, but I have the right. It's legal. I've got the right to do it. I can do this if I want to do this, and it's all good, and it's all great because culture says this, and we want to say, but I have this right. And, and here's the deal is that a lot of us, we're living this out. We're seeing what we can get away with instead of getting away from, and that's what Christianity is all about to us. It's, man, I just want to see how far can I push the line, right? How close can I get to it? without falling over, without tipping over, without, let, let me see how far I can push this whole grace and forgiveness thing. And yet you and I are called to something better. You, we're not called to live a life that's all based on what we can get away with. You and I are called to live a life is what can we get away from? Man, we're called to live something that the church has done a really bad job, pastors especially, about preaching a life pursuing holiness and righteousness. Read the New Testament. It's all in there. And that means I'm running away from things instead of trying to get away with things. But, but I have the right, Justin. Well, well, hear me. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 23 through 24 says this. I have the right to do anything you say, but not everything is beneficial. I have the right to do anything, but not everything is constructive. No one should seek their own good, but the good of others. Now, beneficial means this. It, means, it comes from a Greek word, simphero, and it means to be profitable or to become appropriate for achieving a good end. So, so you have the right to do anything, and you have the right to do that, but not everything is profitable. Not everything's going to achieve a good end for your life. And some of us want to be like, well, Justin, you're just being legalistic on this side of the church, because the church has, let's be honest, been very legalistic in the past, and probably some churches still are. I hope that we aren't. Um, we really strive not to be, but we have been in the past, the church as a whole. We used to say you can't take a step in the movie theater, you're going to hell, right? Um, they called it the movie house. Um, they didn't call it the movie theater. You couldn't have cable television um, or you were going to hell, right? Um, that, that's what they said. You could, I remember my mom almost had a nervous breakdown as I'm a grown man, almost had a nervous breakdown about there being dancing at my best friend's wedding. And I was like, you've got to be kidding me right now. I was like, Mom, we're, we're going to be dancing. We're not going to be like doing the hot stuff or, you know, putting it down like this. There's, there's none of this is going to, you know, I'm like, it's not going to happen. But, but not everything sends you on a highway to hell, right? But in the same breath, in the same point, just because you can doesn't mean that you should. Just because you have the right to doesn't mean that it's constructive, that it's beneficial 
to your spiritual walk with Jesus Christ, that it's beneficial to your relationship and that it's gonna bring a good end to your life, a good result to your life. I remember when Casey and I got married, um, very early on in our marriage, I thought it would be a great idea to scare Casey in the middle of the night. Um, and I did not know that my wife was deathly afraid of anything but snakes. Um, I don't know why she's not afraid of snakes, because they terrify me. Um, but she gets up to go get a glass of water in the middle of the night, and I thought, okay, this is my opportunity. I get up out of bed, I sneak into the living room, and I get down like on my hands and knees. I'm in, in the couch, all the lights are off. She turns the corner, and when she does, I grab her ankle, and I say, Casey, like, I mean, like, but like as demonic as I can, right? Like, I'm like trying to make her think the devil or a mean clown off it's got her. And she jumps up in the air, ah! and she's like screaming and crying in the air, and when she lands about a, a minute later, she's so scared, she's slapping and crying. I'm like, what's happening? <laughs> You know, I'm like, we did this all the time in my house, you know? Um, that's why she's like, why would you do that? And I was like, because I can. You know, I have the right to do anything. I got to tell you, I learned at that moment, just because you can doesn't mean that you should. It did not end in a good result that evening. Um, it did not end in a beneficial way to my relationship. And, and some of us, maybe we're going, well, man, how do I know if something's Right. How do I know if something is beneficial? I would challenge you to ask yourself this question. Are my actions glorifying God? Are my actions glorifying him? And, and this is way bigger than just smoking pot. Is the way I talk glorifying God? Is the way that I'm parenting Glorifying God. It's the way that I'm treating my spouse, glorifying God. It's what I'm watching. Uh, oh, oh, is that, to, do you, hey, I'm gonna just dive into your business this morning, okay? I know it was about pot and we were all happy about that, but now you're talking about TV. But do you need to be watching that TV series? I'm not trying to be legalistic. I'm asking you. I'm not telling you what you should watch. I'm asking you is what you're watching. Be careful, little eyes, what you see. Is it glorifying him? Is, is, is your marriage glorifying him? Because you see, one thing that I learned when I got married is I don't go around pushing the envelope with Casey as much as possible. I don't wake up in the morning and say, I wonder how mad I can make her today and she would still stay married to me, right? I don't, I don't go around and say, I wonder how much I can lie and she would still, no, 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 I want to do things that make her happy. Are my actions, are, are my actions, are, are the things that I'm doing glorifying God or is it glorifying myself? Here's what the Bible says, 1 Corinthians chapter 10, 31 through 33 says, so whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. Do not cause anyone to stumble, whether Jews, Greeks, or the church of God, even as I try to please everyone in every way, for I am not seeking my own good, but the good of man, so that they may be saved. If you evaluate your actions 
Are you living in such a way that others might be saved? When, when you really, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not talking about uh, the highlight reel we put on social media. When you really evaluate your actions, the websites you go to, the way that you talk about others, your finances, right? I mean, let's, let's put it all, are my actions glorifying God? Are they building his kingdom or are they building mine? Is it all about him and others or is it all about me? Because we live in a very self-centered world that's all about what can I get away from? What can I do instead of how can I serve him and how can I serve others? Let everything you do glorify God. Man, this is a great question. If you're struggling with something that is right or wrong, before you start in on it, ask yourself, does this glorify God? Does it glorify God? And there's your answer. Um, the second thing I would tell you about this whole topic and this mindset is this, is that realize and understand your freedom is directly tied to your responsibility. Your freedom is directly tied to your responsibility. Growing up, when you went to school, you got a hall pass, right? Do you guys remember hall passes? Um, in high school, my algebra teacher, Miss Sexton, gave us a big hall pass, like a stapler or an eraser, um, because she wanted to make sure you didn't put it in your pocket and go make copies of it, right? All your teachers are like, oh, yeah, I need to do that. And so you would write, it would say, hall pass to potty, um, is, is, <laughs> is what it would say at times. And you would go to the bathroom and you would come back, but Miss Sexton was super, super strict on her hall pass because she said this, if I catch you, and she looked right at me, if I catch you with a hall pass talking to your friends and roaming around the halls, you're going to ruin it for everyone else and we'll take away the hall passes. And I was like, oh, dang. Um, and, and so I understood that if I messed up if I went around talking and just being Justin and having a fun time in the hallways and not doing what I was supposed to be doing, it would ruin it for the rest of the class and there was gonna be a lot of my buddies that were gonna be upset with me. I had a responsibility with my hall pass and with my freedom. And let me tell you something. You that have experienced the grace and forgiveness of God, you can't earn it, okay? This is not about you earning it. But when you experience it, you've got a responsibility with it. It's not just a hall pass, and you're like, woo grace all around, grace, abundant grace, and you're just, you're, just, you're just going. I got a hall pass, I got grace, I got forgiveness, I got grace, I got forgiveness. That's not the goal of Christianity. Your, your grace that you have received, the relationship, the freedom that you have now experienced, now you have responsibility with it says this in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 23 through 24, I have the right to do anything. I'm an adult. I make my own decisions. I pay my own bills. Who are you, Justin, to tell me what movies I should see, what, what networks I should watch, what websites I want to go to, how I should parent? I'm not. You got the right to do anything. But not everything it's constructive. Not everything is beneficial. Not everything is appropriate. I have the right to do anything, but not everything is constructive. No one should seek their own good, but the good of others. Romans 14, 20 says, don't, don't tear apart the work of God over what you eat. 
Remember, all foods are acceptable, but it's wrong to eat something if it makes another person stumble. Let's put our, our verses today in context. Paul is talking about food that has been offered to idols um, that a lot of the church people are having problems with and food that was meat. If you're a vegetarian here, um, let's do coffee and not lunch or dinner, right? Because I like steak and I like bacon, um, and I'm pretty sure they're going to be in heaven at the marriage supper of the lamb. Um, but... Um, Paul is saying, man, don't let something so minute be an issue. Don't, don't let, right, I love bologna sandwiches. Like, I love, like, old school bologna with white Wonder Bread and the bologna with the, like, red ring around it that you had to take off with a piece of cheap Kraft singles and some mustard, and you bite it, and it sticks to the roof of your mouth. Come on, somebody. Um, it's good. Put some potato chips on top of that thing. Woo! But here's the deal. I don't eat it anymore. I wish I did, but I don't eat it anymore. Um, you're like, that stuff will kill you. Um, but here's the deal. If somebody said, hey, you know what? That bologna sandwich and me really making me struggle with my, Paul's saying, don't let a bologna sandwich, don't choose a sandwich over a soul. Don't, don't choose food over a soul. And I would tell you this, don't choose an issue over a soul. Don't do something that's going to trip people up because your freedom that you have found, now you have a responsibility to serve others in that freedom. Now that you have found the freedom in Christ, now you've got a responsibility to serve others. Because the truth is, if you just focus on your freedom but never pay attention to your responsibilities, your actions will always affect more than just you. I've got more freedom now than I've ever experienced in my life. I, I, I pretty much, for the most part, get to make my own schedule, for the most part. I have an awesome fox for a wife. Um, she loves it when I say that. Um, I've got two healthy, beautiful daughters. I, <laughs> I get to lead an amazing church. Um, I've got a house. I get to buy things when I sometimes want to without asking, not very much, but every once in a while. I'm like, oh, I get to spend some of my own money. Um, I get to, <laughs> I'm going to pay for that. Um, <laughs> I get to go to bed when I want to go to bed. Right? Women adult, and adults, we have this freedom. But here's the deal. In the midst of all that freedom, now I have more responsibility. I have a wonderful wife. I have two kids. I have an awesome church that I have to lead. I get to lead, excuse me. I have a house that, you know what? I gotta make the payment for. I've got car payments that I've gotta make. Dave Ramsey would be upset, I know, but I got car payments. I've got more responsibility in my freedom that affects the ones that are closest to me and even in this room. And you see, your freedom, if you neglect your responsibility, it's going to affect way more than just yourself. It affects those that you love the most. And understand, it's not about what I can get away with. It's not about just having this freedom. But it's okay, I found a new freedom in Christ. Now I have a responsibility to do something that is constructive, to live my life in such a way that it's not gonna be filled with regrets, but it's going to be a benefit to myself and to others. Because the third thing I would tell you is simply this, is that stop trying to fit in and go along when you were created to stand out. I, I love this point. 
Because I, I got to tell you, I have lived my life standing out just based on my height and my nose. Um, they both have been about this size since I was 10. Um, and I, I have lived my life learning to embrace standing out. And you and I are not created, we're not created, we're not called to, to just fit in with the culture. You weren't. You weren't created just to blend in with those around you. You were created and designed in such a way that when you experience this relationship with Jesus Christ to stand out, man, to stand out from the culture, that your marriage doesn't look like everybody else's marriage, that your gauge isn't everybody else's marriage. Your marriage is gauged on what the Bible says your marriage should look like, that your relationship with your kids isn't based on, well, am I as good of a parent as my buddy over here? No, 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 that you're parenting in such a way that the Bible tells you to parent, that you're not being their friend, but you are being their mentor, their leader, and their parent, that you aren't just being one of the guys and you're not just being one of the girls, but you are being the fully devoted follower of Jesus Christ that he has called you to be. That you're not living a life that is based on cool Christianity, but biblical Christianity that is saying, man, I understand. My job isn't to blend into the culture, but it's to stand out from the culture. That's what you and I were called and how we're called to live our life. Anytime I go to an out, out, of, out of the city, out of the state, if I'm traveling, I like finding unique restaurants to go to, Right? I like finding places that are new, that are fresh, that I can't, even if it's awful, I would rather go to an awful place than IHOP. I'm just like, ah, IHOP. I'd rather go to some place that I can't experience anywhere else. And so Kate, Chloe and I, for her 10-year-old trip, went to San Diego. And we went to San Diego, we woke up, we're in the gas lamp district of San Diego, and when we got there, um, I Googled best breakfast places, and IHOP pops up. I'm like, you're a liar. And... I found this place called the Richard Walker Pancake House. And if you ever go to San Diego, I'm telling you, you gotta go and you've got to get this pancake right here. Now, that's a picture of Gavin, that's not Chloe. Um, I told uh, Shannon Dalrymple, our worship leader, um, just about this place when he took his kids, they went, that is a baked pancake. And it is awesome, like Gavin's expression yeah, it's that good. Like, it is that good. So if you're going to San Diego, do yourself a favor and go get a pancake at Richard Walker, a baked pancake from Richard Walker's Pancake House. And, and here's, because it, I would like to experience something new, something fresh, something unique. And can I tell you, our lives should be lived in such a way that other people's expression when they look at our lives is like this. Is that it's unique, that it's different, that it's fresh, that they look at your life and they say, man, there's something different about the way you live out this life. There's something different about your marriage. Man, there's something different the way you interact with your kids and the way your kids interact with you. Teenagers, when people see your lives walking down the hall, that you're not just trying to go through mid-high and high school, not making any noise, but you're there to make noise, to make waves, and to live your life differently for God's kingdom. That college students, you're not an uncommitted, flaky college student, but you're living your life and fulfilling the Great Commission and stepping into your purpose. Every teenager and every college student, hear me, there is not an age limit 
Testament of when you start stepping into the, to the, the purpose and the, the total destiny that God has for your life, you can make a difference right now. Stop waiting to get to 18 to 22 and start living the life that he's calling you to live right now. Romans chapter 12, verse 1 through 2, and I close with this, says this, and so dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all he has done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind he will find acceptable. This is the true way to worship him. Not just doing this, but to surrender this. That, that's what it's about. And it says, don't copy the behavior and customs of this world. Don't blend in, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think, by changing, oh, what can I get away with? And, and instead start saying, what can I get away from? And then, when this transformation happens, when you start changing the way you think, then you will learn God's will for your life, which is good and pleasing and perfect. So many of us want to know, man, what's God's purpose? What's his will? What's his destiny for my life? Can I tell you the first thing is, is to let your life be transformed, your thinking be changed. Because until our thinking is changed the way we think, until our life is surrendered and totally his, you'll never understand to the full degree God's purpose and his destiny for your life. And I'm convinced of this as a pastor is that the greatest thing Satan can steal from you is your purpose and your destiny. Man, God has a purpose and destiny whether you are in your 90s in this place or you are 12 years old. He's got a purpose and a destiny right where you are. And it's to live your life in such a way that everything you do, everything you say, isn't about what I can get away with, but how can I glorify God with this, in this? How can I live my life where everything, whatever I do, that it glorifies God and other people see the actions of my life and come to relationship with Jesus Christ? You start living your life for something bigger than yourself. And I, I think I tell you, if your world's all about you and the culture, your world is way too small. There's no other way I would rather live my life than living it pursuing the things that God has for me. Because can I tell you, at the end of that, at the, at the end of that life, all of us are gonna breathe the last breath. You live your life in that way, man, you're not gonna have any regrets. You're not gonna wish for a do-over. You're not gonna wish that you could go back and do it all over differently the second time. You don't get that option. When you say, man, God, let, let everything I do, let everything I say glorify you, you're going to build something that's going to last. And it doesn't fit in, and it doesn't look like the rest of the world. I tell our kids all the time, hey, we don't do that because we're graves, and that's a bad thing sometimes. That's a good thing sometimes. It keeps you from doing things, but also enables you to do things. You're called to stand out. You're called to live this life in a way that glorifies him and builds his kingdom. That's the question. 
And so my encouragement to you as your pastor today is, man, stop living on the edge. Stop living your life based on what I can get away with and start living your life based on, man, how close can I get to Jesus and how much can I run away and let my life be transformed. Let's pray. Lord, we love you and we thank you for today. And God, I pray that in this place there would be something unique and refreshing about the way we live this relationship out with you. God, so many of us, we're, we're trying to be so concerned with staying relevant and hip and cool and we're, we're trying to be this persona and this person you've never called us to be. God, you never called us to chase cool. You never called us to be this, this, this. But Lord, you have called us to be a transformed person. Lord, you have called us not to blend in with everything and everyone, but Lord, to stand out in a culture that is looking for something different, something that is refreshing, something that is unique. I pray that you would raise up men and women, college students, teenagers in this place, that their lives would just be different. Lord, that their lives would be unique, their lives would be refreshing, that they would see our actions, and it's not just about us and our kingdom, it's it's not about us living life based on what we can get away with and what is technically legal, but what is beneficial to, to your kingdom and to others so that they may see our good works, as you said in Scripture, and glorify our Father in heaven. Lord, I pray this morning, let our life be transformed. Let our attitude be transformed because, Lord, there's a lot of us, our attitude needs to be changed. We need a transformation in the way that we think so that we can step into the destiny and the purpose you have for us. Lord, I pray let our hearts be open and our minds receptive to what you're wanting to do. You're not trying to keep us from anything but heartache and regret. Because just because something's permissible doesn't mean it's beneficial. And Lord, I pray that we would not live a permissible life, but we would live a life that is beneficial and constructive to those that are around us and to your kingdom. It's in Jesus' name I pray. With heads bowed and eyes closed, if you're here this morning, you say, Justin, I'm here, and I don't know Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. We want to give you that chance. Maybe you're here and you say, Justin, I'm just not where I need to be in my relationship with Jesus Christ, and I need to get things right. I need to recommit my life because, man, there's, there's, I've been living the life you're talking about. I've been, I've been living a life that's all about what can I get away with? What can I get away with? And it's left me in a place in my relationship with Jesus Christ that needs to change. So if that's you, I'm gonna count to three and all I'm gonna ask you to do is lift your hand and we're gonna lead you in a prayer that will change your life. It's that easy. Let this be a moment. Let this be your transformational moment. Let this be a moment where things are different. One, two, Three, is there anyone here this morning? You say, Justin, that's me. Yeah, there's one hand. Is there anyone else you join this one hand that's lifted? Before we go any further in service, yeah, I see your hand. There's two hands. Is there anyone else? Before we go any further in service, you say, yeah, I see your three hands. Is there anyone else? Before we go any further, you say, Justin, that's me today. There's a change that needs to be made, and I want to join these three hands that are lifted across this place. Is there anyone else? Before we go any further. If you raise your hand, if you please repeat this prayer after me and mean it from your heart. Jesus, I come before you today and I confess that I've sinned and that I've messed up. 
but I ask for your forgiveness. God, I turn away from the life that I was living to grab hold of the life you have for me. I confess you, Jesus Christ, to be the Lord and Savior of my life. I pray that your grace and forgiveness would enter my life. I'm gonna live for you the rest of my days. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Can we give these three to four individuals that raise their hand a huge round of applause, yeah. Thanks so much for listening to our podcast. If you have any questions or in need of prayer or would like to join a connect group, feel free to email me at Nicole at foundationschurch.tv. We hope that you enjoyed this message. If you have any questions or want to reach out to us, you can email us at info at foundationschurch.tv or visit our website at foundationschurch.tv.